It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, March 8th, 2012. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dan. Jacob, great to be with you. We always look forward to these Thursday night Internet Bible Study groups. And we are looking forward to the discussion tonight. Uh, we'll look forward to your comments as well. We've got an important guest on the line. Yeah, we'll get back to our contact info here in just a minute, but we've on the line we've got an important guest with us. Senator Stacy Campfield uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee is on the line with us, and uh, we want to talk with him about a bill he has sponsored in the Tennessee legislature, which is in session right now. Senator Campfield, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we've been reading about this bill that you have sponsored in uh, the legislature, and People have called it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, and I don't—I don't really think that's probably a, a totally fair representation of what you're saying. Can you explain the bill as you have presented it, what it intends to do? Sure. First, I like to call it the Classroom Protection Act, and what it does is it returns to parents the accountability and responsibility and things that they should be doing, and it, and it says, "Listen, in schools, uh, as far as sexuality goes." Yes, they need to learn about natural reproduction, X chromosome, Y chromosome, how reproduction basics work. But we don't need to get into advocating for homosexuality, against homosexuality, anything like that. We need to just say this is an issue for parents to decide, especially for very young children. Leave it up to parents to talk about when it's age appropriate and what they want to tell their children about that issue instead of getting some teacher who is an advocate uh, uh, for something or against something, I don't think that's uh, what our schools need to be concentrating on right now. Now, the, the grade levels that you're targeting this legislation for, as I understand, are kindergarten through eighth grade. Yeah, you know, the very, very young children, to me, that was the most absolute obvious thing. You know, we're just talking the very, very young children. You get up much older than that, and then it made it much more difficult. And I thought, to me, well, it's an absolute no-brainer for kids who are 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. This is not something we need to be teaching them about, but it's incredible the amount of backlash against it that that uh, some on the other side have been been uh, vehemently thinking that, you know, this is the place that we uh, talk to, you know, this is the area that we're getting children and then talking about these issues, and uh, I, I just don't think it's appropriate, but I was, I was surprised by the vehemence from the other side, that's for now, sure. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you, you've sort of been getting it from all quarters, as I understand. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you, There's there's been a sudden backlash going the other way, and I've been getting a lot of support all of a sudden, because people are going, wait a second, this bill makes sense. This is something parents need to discuss, not some teacher or some advocate. And they're seeing things like what's happening in California, what's happening in New York, even things that have been happening here in Tennessee, like, uh, I mean, we have Planned Parenthood teaching in our schools now, uh, teaching sex ed in our schools. Uh, we've had uh, most of the filters have been removed from computers for all grades. So just about any kid at any age can, can go in and type in anything they want on some of the computers, even some really inappropriate stuff. And the schools make, make that access available. Uh, stuff from uh, a pro thing called Project Brain Pop out of Oak Ridge and that some of the other schools are using the talks about homosexuality at very young ages. Uh, we've had uh, uh, second graders who are getting into this stuff. and I think parents are starting to realize, hey, wait a second, this isn't some made-up boogeyman. There really is a problem, and and we need to start taking steps to, to get back some, wrestle back some of our parental rights. And you, and you, I think, Stacey, you're concerned that uh, kids are getting pushed in the direction of homosexuality uh, by some of the educators today. Well, you know, I think it's more of an acceptance, a tolerance, acceptance thing, and, and there's a huge difference between tolerance and acceptance. I always say, you know, I may be tolerant of other points of view, other religions, things like that, 
but I don't accept other religions. And if, if you look at, there's a guy named Kevin Jennings, who is Obama, Obama's safe school czar. He invented, was one of the founders of a group called Gleason, the Gay Lesbian Student Education Network, I believe is, a, is the acronym is for. And uh, his, the, that group is a very advocate, saying, we're going to teach you about homosexuality to young children, and this is what we want to do. And we want them to get to where they think this is a normal activity, this is a normal lifestyle, and he is now Obama's safe school star. So under the guise of bullying, they're going into schools now and talking and trying to teach children, hey, this is a natural, normal lifestyle, this is perfectly fine, you know, you go ahead and you do whatever you feel natural. And honestly, to a little child, someone who is very young, they may not know, you know, they may be confused or... or uh, sexually insecure. I mean, they're at a very uh, vulnerable age, and someone with an agenda can push someone into doing something that maybe isn't appropriate for them, isn't the, isn't the right thing to do, and and um, I, I just see things that are happening, you know, and you can always sort of look at out west and see how it's coming, and, and uh, what I've seen, what, what, what has been relayed to me, and things that I have researched out of this bill it really is sort of scary for our future. Well, I think you used the right word when you said agenda. It seems to me that these people have an agenda, and they just keep chipping away. And this is just another, this is just another cog in the wheel. They, they keep pressing forward, and they they are going to use every avenue that they can in order to, as you say, get people to view this as acceptable. Uh, and when you start with the very very young then that's a, that's a great place for them to pursue this agenda. Now, I'm with you. I think it's logical to leave teaching in these matters to the parents, to what they believe is appropriate for their children. Uh, I, I simply don't want educators dealing with those subjects, and, and uh, I, I'm fully supportive of what you're trying to do with your legislation. What do you think? We've only got you for a few minutes here at the start of our program, but I want to ask you, what do you think concerning the possibility for passage is it is it going to happen or where does it stand right now well i think it looks pretty good like i said we passed it out of the senate last year and uh it's looking pretty decently it's got the first subcommittee already in education it's going to full committee uh there's some minor wording adjustments we're probably trying to work on to make sure everybody's happy with it but uh uh you're you're completely right i mean there is an agenda out there believe it or not so everybody says oh you're you're making this stuff up I've got a folder that's about an inch thick of things, news stories. And, you know, I, I don't want people to be discouraged. I want them to be motivated because the other side is incredibly motivated. They are out there and they're, they have an agenda and they want to push it, and they want to push it in schools. But we have to be just as diligent. We have to work just as hard. We cannot be discouraged because the other side is not discouraged. They're motivated and want to push. We just have to start realizing it's time for us to push back time for us to step up. It's time for us to take it back to them and say, hey, this is not what our school should be doing. You should be focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic, not some social engineering, which is what our schools have become. Exactly right. I admire you for taking this stand, Senator. We saw in the news even where, I mean, if if we demonstrated the intolerance that the op- that, that the other side demonstrates, well, they'd probably come and arrest us. We saw in the news, for instance, where you were refused service at a restaurant because they knew that you had sponsored this kind of legislation. Uh, if if we tried something like this, they'd sue sue us uh, for the rest of our lives, probably. Oh, probably, if not longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's funny, I always say the tolerant is so accepting of divergent points of view until somebody actually has one, then it completely throws them off balance. They don't know what to say, they don't know how to handle it, so they just sort of freak out. Uh, and they go into name-calling and insults and stuff like that because they can't believe that everybody isn't like them uh, on their one little point, their, their, their very thin view. You know, the left is the least tolerant group. They are not tolerant people. They are incredibly ill-tolerant of different points of view. I believe you're right. And and what they want, like I said, and they're trying to get into our schools and push their thin little point of view as the only point of view. And that's where we've got, as parents and family members and, and, and adults, really have to fight back. 
Well, thank you, Senator, for what you're doing there in the Tennessee State Legislature. Keep up the good work. We admire you, and we appreciate your efforts. Hey, I appreciate you guys. You're doing a great job, and uh, you keep fighting the good fight yourselves. Thank All you right. very kindly. Thanks for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. That's, right. that's Senator Stacy Campfield from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, I appreciate that, and, and appreciate the stand he's taking. Yeah, he's taking a lot of heat for that. I mean, and, and this would be one of those kind of things where you could back off that and say, uh, I, don't have, I, I don't have to be out there on the front of this oh, battle. Oh, no. I you mean, know, it's, a, just it's political up. suicide. Yeah, it basically is political suicide, but he's willing to do it. And I admire, I admire a person in the political realm willing to do that. We need more people like that. All right. You have heard the discussion, and you want to comment, no doubt. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com, and the chat room is open, but very few are signed in. It's very easy to do that if you follow the instructions at the bottom of the chat window. And we have a comment in the chat room uh, so far that it should be up to the parents to teach their children about sexuality. I believe so, too. And we're, we're going to talk more about that as we get into our study. So uh, we, we got right to the senator to, to uh, have a brief interview with him. We didn't do some of the things we do at the, typically at the start of our program. Jake, if you just gave the contact info, obviously the easiest way to get your comments seen and heard by all uh, is to get in that chat room because people will be discussing things there. You can also call us, uh, 877-381-4567. Send us an email. We'll watch our inbox throughout the program at College View questions at collegeview.com. Questions at collegeview.com. Earlier today, Jacob, to our update list, we sent out some questions. We told about the interview with the senator that we were going to have, and we want to deal with this question. First thing I ask, we always send out these questions, sort of tell you which way we're heading and what our topic is going to be. And the first question is let's just make sure we're on solid ground with our biblical argumentation against the practice of homosexuality. And so that's question one. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Okay. All right. Question two is, do you want school officials to be teaching your children about sexuality and related topics? Mm-hmm. In other words, is this what you want? You're a parent. You've got kids. Do you want uh, these people, some of whom you probably don't even know, have no information about their background, don't know anything about their moral stance on various subjects? Do you want them teaching your kids on these subjects? Okay. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to say... Uh, the third question, as society becomes less tolerant of the truth on moral issues like homosexuality, what do you think Christians can expect? If you had a, uh, a, a chance to predict the future, what would you predict the future holds for those of us who are, who are taking a stand on homosexuality, for instance? And what do you think the bottom line is? What, what's our bottom line? What we got to be ready to do, no matter what, in dealing with this problem? And then, Jacob, you suggested a fourth that we didn't send out, but go ahead. Well, I, you know, it, it, it's eerily reminiscent of what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're knocking at our door wanting to get our children yeah. involved in this sin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it continues to get worse and worse. How do, we, how do we respond? How can we imitate Lot and remain righteous in yeah. this immoral world that we live in? Yeah, yeah. So, so what can we do to protect our families from this onslaught of immorality right. in our society? Right. We'll take that. That'll be our final comments on the program tonight. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, why don't we? And then we'll get into the discussion of what the Bible teaches about homosexuality because, you know, you'd think it's cut and dry, but in the religious world today, amazingly so, and we've talked to religious uh, people, religious leaders, who have trouble understanding what the scriptures teach about homosexuality. And quite frankly, if you have trouble understanding what the scriptures teach about homosexuality, you will have trouble understanding what the scriptures teach about anything. And, yeah, I mean, uh, if you can't, yeah, that's right. If you can't get this, you can't get anything. Okay, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. 
It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. One of the hardest things about business is minding your own. Rules for success don't work unless you do. We tend to become the decisions we make. The more we choose something, the more we become that something. We are all in the process of solidifying our identities by the decisions we make. With each decision we make, we pick up momentum in the direction of that decision. Everyone must realize this truth. There is important work to be done that will not be done unless you do it. Man, I wish I'd said that. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Uh, we're back on the program tonight, and we welcome you to give us your comments at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. The chat room is filling up now with logged-in users, and so you can get in the discussion there. Dave in the chat room says too many people are homophobia-phobic. Uh, play on words there. You know, to be homophobic... It, that's what they brand us who oppose homosexuality. We're homophobic. Well, Dave is saying there's some people who are afraid of being labeled that. Right. And and they're just afraid to take a stand because it's not politically correct, he goes on to say. Jack adds, our light must shine. We must stand for what the Bible teaches, and as such, we must stand against the sin of homosexuality. And so uh, we appreciate that comment tonight. Yeah. Now, as a follow-up to our interview with State Senator Stacey Campfield, we, we are just want to make sure we're on solid ground about homosexuality from a biblical standpoint. Correct. We've got several emails, to, uh, and I think our email respondents have, have covered the basis, Jacob. Jim in Tompkinsville, Kentucky says, the Bible says plenty about homosexuality. First, God condemns it by creation, seeing that he created a man and a woman and called those two together and no other combination, Genesis 2:18 and following. He condemns it by action, as with the destruction of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18 and 19. He condemns it by commandment, stating that such actions are sinful, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. In these references, uh, we can see that God condemns it by command, example, and necessary inference. Interesting interesting approach to it, Jim. All right. uh, Bob in Indiana says the Bible condemns all extramarital sexual relationships. This is just one example. There's also fornication, adultery, bestiality. Are we only going to let society pick one more that's okay? Uh, why not all of them? Oh, wait, there's a couple more there that are uh, like company and we have already condoned. Uh, maybe we're further down the slippery slope than we might think. Yeah, well, you know, just uh, not to be gross, but what, uh, if, if we can say the Bible condemns homosexuality, we say it's okay. Well, the Bible condemns bestiality. Are we going to reach a point where we say that that's okay? Senator, Senator Campfield has taken some heat because he associated the two as well, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, but the, the thing is, if we're going to say homosexuality is wrong, you, am, you don't have any real estate to stand on if you're, con, if you're condoning uh, unlawful divorce and remarriage, adultery and fornication. Yeah. And those things, are they are socially acceptable now. Yeah, that's right. And so we've got to be careful. And the sad thing is, and the scary thing is, that is, uh, adultery and fornication is socially acceptable among people who call themselves Christians in the Lord's church today. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how long it will be until someone who claims to be a Christian is condoning homosexuality. They're well, doing it in the denominational world. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it will be very long, sadly, until there are some who are condoning it in uh, the church of Christ. All right. I uh, got a good email from uh, Roger in uh in Murfreesboro, and he gives us the, the the Bible verses. And I'm just going to take time to read these, Jake, just so we're absolutely clear. Yep. He lists Leviticus 18.22, You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20, verse 13, If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. Now, that's Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, And we understand we're not under the Old Testament law, but you get a view of how God thought about it back then. Throughout history. Throughout history. And he called it an abomination, something that made him sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, beginning verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do Do not be deceived. 
Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's very plain. That's the New Testament. Homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then in what most of us think is one of the most plain and straightforward condemnations of homosexuality, Romans chapter 1, beginning verse 26, For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer... God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Roger concludes, homosexuality is clearly condemned by the Bible. It goes against the created order of God who created Adam, a man, and then made Eve, a woman. This is what God has ordained as the normal means by which we carry out his command to fill the earth. Genesis 1.28. What God has set up is what's right, not what sinful man sets up. I appreciate those comments. Uh, Jeff is uh, behind the controls tonight. Jeff, you've responded with those verses we mentioned. Uh, there's not much doubt, is there, uh, that the Scriptures condemn homosexuality? No, there's not. Clearly denounced. I remember, Jeff, I remember an, an old preacher that I, when I was a young fella, he would say, if you can see through a ladder, you ought to be able to see through that. And I yep. think that's true here. All right. Uh, and we have a comment uh as well, an anonymous comment tonight. Uh, there are two distinct topics in this conversation, the teaching of scriptures in regards to sexual conduct and the civil conversa- uh, conversation concerning freedom of speech. In the Old Testament law of Moses, for a man to have sexual relations with another man was considered an abomination. So it was also an abomination to touch a camel, since it was un- an unclean animal, or to touch a dead body of either man or beast, including picking up a dead fly. So wh- while God's attitude toward it might have uh, be shown here, the Old Testament law of Moses should not be used to address the issue today. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang okay. on. Now, wait just a minute here. I, I, I understand that different things could make you unclean in the Old Testament, but that is not to equate homosexuality with touching a camel. Or a, a fly. Those, that, those weren't penal, uh, penalties worthy of death. No. I, I, that, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that par- right, let's, parallel. Let's go to the New Testament. The New Testament, I feel, is very clear that homosexual conduct is not approved by God. Okay. okay so we, are we, on we, agreement agree. There. we agree. But the greater question is why. One issue that brethren within our fellowship do not wish to speak to is one being attracted or having a sexual orientation toward the same sex and immoral conduct. I do believe that it is possible and indeed does happen that one can have an attraction towards those of the same sex without sinning. It is, it is the immorality of action that crosses the line. I do not believe that one chooses to be gay. It is in the wiring. This is just as true as the heterosexual. I've got to stop you there again. That's never been proven. I mean, he, uh, our, our respondent says he believes that. I don't know on what basis he believes that because that has never been proven. Okay, but we will admit that it is possible to have a temptation in a homosexual exactly. direction. Absolutely. And yeah. we would agree that it is not a sin to be tempted. Exactly. All right. Someone who is attracted to the opposite sex comes wired in that fashion. When does sin enter into the picture? I, again, it, i got to stop that wired business. I'm not going to buy that. I'm okay. not going to let that stand. All right. Uh, it is when a person is a, uh, is it a, uh, uh, when does sin enter the picture? Is it when the person is attracted to the opposite sex? No, it is when one allows their lust to turn into action. Agreed. 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 It is true in both cases, both for the homosexual and the heterosexual. My point in regards to homosexuality is precisely the same for anyone. When we commit fornication, sex outside of the married relationship, or adultery, violating the marriage bond, then this is I sin. agree with that. I, gr- okay. I agree with those conclusions. Okay. I just couldn't, I can't agree with saying that, that, that we're born that way. That's not proven. That's never been proven. Okay. I don't think it can be proven. But the but the bottom line is what, what our respondent said there is true. What's condemned is the practice. If you let's admit that somebody has an attraction to a person of the same sex, being tempted or having that attraction is not a sin. Acting upon that is a sin. You know that's the same for a man who who is who has very strong heterosexual right. tendencies. Right. You know, maybe he'd like to have a different woman every night. Well, he can't act upon that propensity. He has to discipline himself. And that's the same thing. And I believe our respondent is agreeing with that conclusion. All right. Uh, we're getting some uh, comments in the chat room. Uh, Dave says one of the problems that many homosexuals have convinced themselves that they were born that way. Uh, so it is okay. Not so, however, even if they were born with the propensity, uh, they do not have to practice it. I think that's the key there. And, and, and we... I, 
probably all of us who are uh, in the discussion tonight have known people who've had those kind of tendencies and temptations to deal with. And again, temptation's not a sin. Jesus was tempted but did no sin. So, uh, And I'm not saying he was tempted about homosexual. I'm just saying the, the concept of ten, temptation in general. Any temptation. Temptation is not sin. Acting upon temptation. So succumbing to the temptation is a sin. And, and that has to be avoided if it's homosexuality or any other sin. The, homos- the uh, comments are, are very uh, prolific in the chat room tonight. Guest 582 says, just because I don't agree with someone who is a homosexual doesn't mean that I hate them or I'm scared uh, somehow or have a phobia about them. Guest 218 uh, says, the world views homosexuality, homosexuality as an alternative lifestyle, but God views it differently. A Christian cannot participate in this, this sin, as Paul makes it very clear. Uh, to the Christians at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Such were some of you, he says. They had been involved in the sin of homosexuality but could no longer do so and be part of the kingdom. Dave uh, adds, I have studied with homosexuals, one even up to three hours before he died of AIDS. He was a Christian and repented before he died. It is possible, as Dave has witnessed in real life, as Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians, it is possible to repent of this sin as it is with any sin. Um, The... there's certainly we've got to be compassionate to the person who has this temptation but i don't believe that speaking forcefully and strongly against the sin of homosexuality is an unloving thing to do i think that's what senator campfield is dealing with that if you say anything if you denounce the sin if you adamantly denounce the sin then somehow you're being unloving in the process I, i don't agree i mean the, the world is given over to this, and we do not have, I think Dave in the chat room said, we don't need to be homophobic, phobic. We don't have to be afraid of being labeled as against homosexuality. We need to be, it needs to be plainly known that we oppose this sin. It's, it's, it's so, uh, the, the advancement of this agenda is so rampant in our society that I think it deserves us to notch up our rhetoric, uh, because We've been teaching against it forever, for as long as I can remember, and I'm sure as for as long as faithful brethren have have existed, we've been speaking against the sin of homosexuality. But it's become such a problem in our society that it's time for us to notch up our denouncement of the sin because it is so much in the news. It's 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 so prevalent in our culture. And uh, we do need to be careful. We do need to speak up against it. We've got to be careful how we do it. We make sure we do it in a loving manner. We've uh, interviewed those from the Westboro Baptist Church who are speaking up very vocally about it, uh, not doing it in a way that we think that God would approve of. Uh, we've got to be careful of our approach, but we definitely have to speak. Uh, Bill in uh, Texas says, persons that say homosexuality is not a sin are biblically ignorant. Sorry to be so blunt, but Paul was stoned for being told on the subject uh, being bold on the subject of telling the Jews that they were lost without the blood of Jesus Christ. Brother, was he ever bold on the subject of homosexuality? Read the very first chapter of Romans in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. It could not be plainer than these words of Paul, which are the wor- words of Jesus Christ. Paul said so himself, the gospel which I preach to you came from the revelation of Jesus Christ. Galatians 6, 1 and 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty seven says uh, this, I write to you the commandments of the Lord. Is the devil, devil ever at work on the young minds of America with these tactics or lies by changing the name of the sin from a perversion or unnatural sex to, quote-unquote, an alternative lifestyle, propagating the thought we were born that way, not the total contribution to children growing up to be homosexual sexualities, uh, homosexuals, but the following uh, certainly has an influence. The upbringing of a male child without the masculine influence of a father because of another sin uh, that is, of broken homes, fathers committing adultery. Because you have forgotten my law, I will also forget your children, uh, is a quote from Hosea 4, verse 6. Jesus never taught anything about it is another tactic that he says Satan is using. What an ignorant statement. First read all of Paul's, uh, first of all, read Paul's uh, statement in Galatians 6, verse 1, and 1 Corinthians 14, 37. Then turn over and read the 16th chapter of John, verse 13. I'm going to paraphrase the context here. Remember, Jesus' earthly ministry lasted only about five years he had much to say to the apostles one scripture says all of what he uh, says all of what he said could not be contained in many books i think it says that somewhere verse 12 he went on to tell them that they could not uh, bear much more verse 13 after my departure the holy spirit will come and guide you all truth the holy spirit came on the day of pentecost and lo and behold just one book later paul wrote uh, that god gave them up to vile passions romans 1 23 through 32 uh and so uh, bill is uh, commenting 
on uh, the fact that the devil is using many uh, things to misinform and to lead people astray. We are not to sit idly uh, by and say nothing about this devilish perversion. We dare not be silent on the scriptures and what we believe. We are the, a watchman for our society. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 9 says we cannot remain silent on the truths of God's work. All right, that's a long post. Uh, quickly, let me catch up in the chat room, Jacob. Uh, one, and We're not going to be able to cover everything in the chat room tonight, but we appreciate everybody who's in there studying. Uh, guest 82 asks, God indicates homosexuality is not natural per Romans 1. So how can we say that so long as he does not act on it, he is not in sin? Would he not be doing something in his life to cause such unnatural attraction? Well, if that's the case, then that, that, that would be those would yeah, be sins. That's right. If he's looking at, at, at certain forms of pornography, right. for instance, that are inciting those passions in him, then right. that's a sin. Right. But again, a, a man to have so temptation put, toward a woman is not a sin. But if he acts upon that sin, if he allows, if he allows those thoughts to harbor in his heart, right. Jesus said you can you can commit adultery in your heart, Matthew five verse twenty eight. So. Uh, we're just saying that you can be tempted without sin. That's all we're saying. Now, if you're doing things we're not, to... We're not pro- standing pro- up to be the judge and draw the line here. We're just saying it is, po- it is theoretically possible. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly possible to be tempted. Right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says Jesus was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So you can yeah. be tempted and not sin. That's all we're saying here. Right. But if you're doing things to provoke uh, evil passions in your heart, that's lasciviousness. That's a sin. Right. Okay, we need to take a break and get this week's bullet point. We'll continue the discussion on the other side. We're going to get into the discussion of you want the school system to be teaching your children about sexuality and those related topics. What do you think about that? You can sign in in the chat room and let us know your thoughts there. Or better yet, give us a call and be ready to go on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. You don't need to be an expert in every field of technical study in order to realize that the theory of evolution is beset with a multitude of problems. The very idea that the myriad of life forms on earth could have evolved by random natural processes just doesn't make sense. Even the simplest living thing, a single-celled organism, is complex beyond the ability of scientists to understand, much less duplicate. Carl Sagan, the now-deceased professor, author, and evolutionary spokesman, once said, quote, The information content of a simple cell has been established as around 10 to the 12th power number of bits. That's comparable to about 100 million pages of Encyclopedia Britannica. We are supposed to believe that the first living cell, so many eons ago, not only wrote this incredibly complex code, but also evolved the ability to read and react to the code as well. And all of this had to have been in place at the precise instant when non-living chemicals mysteriously sprang to life. Who can believe it? Even Charles Darwin, the father of modern evolutionary thought, admitted these difficulties. In writing about the human eye, for instance, he said, quote, To suppose that the eye, with all of its inimitable contrivances for adjusting the focus to different amounts of light and for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration, could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely admit, absurd in the highest degree. Darwin said that his theory didn't make sense, and he was right. Why is it that men have decided that it is more enlightened to believe in this obviously flawed theory than to believe in a living and all-powerful God? It simply makes sense to believe the Bible. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Zach Coleman, and when I'm listening to the virtual Bible study, I love to hear comments from other listeners. So please join in tonight's discussion by sending an email or by making a phone call. The address is questions at collegeview.com, and the phone number is toll-free, 877-381-4567. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, we concluded an interview with uh, Tennessee State Senator Stacy Campfield, and we appreciate that, and we appreciate your comments as well. And the time is now for you to join in on the conversation. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And we will remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you have any questions at any time, we welcome them at our 800 number or over email. Contact us anytime. Uh, 
we sent out, uh, the second question we sent out, Jacob, it, of course, the, the, the legislation that Senator Campfield is promoting is saying educators in grades kindergarten through eight can't teach homosexuality right. to those children. Can't teach, in other words, stay away from that. That's why some have dubbed his bill the Don't Say Gay Bill. Right. But he's calling it the Classroom Protection Act. We just don't want those kind of things discussed in our classrooms. I mean, and he's leaving it at that. Just, yeah. just, just don't, just talk. don't, don't talk about it. Uh, now he has, a, he has convictions that are causing him to promote that, but he's just yeah. leaving it. They just yeah. don't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So we asked the question: Do you want school officials to be teaching your children about sexuality and related matters such as that? Why or why not? Now the public opinion is quite shocking on yeah, this. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, the poll was asked. Should uh, K through eight teachers be allowed to discuss homosexuality with students? Any ideas on the? Yeah, I got, the, I got the same poll you're looking at. Imagine, imagine this: over three out of four say yes. Seventy-six percent are saying yeah. Let Teach them. my child who's five years old about homosexuality. Three out of four parents. That's amazing. This is, by the way, this poll is it was by the Times Free Press, and I don't know where that's from. But I thought that was pretty shocking, Jacob, for sure. Teach my, teach my five-year-old, teach my six-year-old about homosexuality. That is unbelievable. That tells you where our society is. Let, let me read. This This is what Senator Campfield is getting such negative reaction for. The bill has been re- rewritten to require, and here's what it requires. It requires that any instruction or materials made available or provided at or to a public elementary or middle school must be limited exclusively to natural human reproduction science. This, this requirement will also apply to a group or organization that provides instruction in natural human reproduction science in public elementary or middle schools. And this is objectionable. Does that, does that sound outrageous? I, it's got me, I, I, this gets me in an uproar that they want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Even It appears even that the governor of Tennessee is opposed. Yeah, our, our governor is opposing the bill. What's the oppose? What, what, is it? what is there in that that's objectionable? And it's only dealing with students from K through 8. What's an 8th grader? An 8th grader is going to be what? 13 or 13 13 years old? Yeah. 13, maybe 14. I don't know. But do they need to be taught about homosexuality? And if they do, why don't we let the parents decide to to include that discussion? Let's go to our email responders. Uh, and, and you all can be busy in the chat room telling us what you think. Should the school officials know? We're, we're, we're changing gears here. Do the school do school officials, do you want them teaching your kids? But uh, here's Stacy Campfield's words on it, and it's, they echo what he said on, on our program just a few minutes ago. I think that there are situations where some kids may be sexually unsecure in themselves or sexually confused and don't necessarily know clearly what direction they are. If someone or a person or influence says, maybe you're gay, maybe you should explore those things, maybe the child who is young and impressionable says, maybe I'm gay. Homosexuals do not naturally reproduce, and it has, it has not been proven that it is in nature. It happens in nature, but so does bestiality. That does not make it right or something we should be teaching in school. So he says again, yeah, doesn't ha- doesn't need to be there. I do think I, I I personally think that this is one of the dangers, and 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 I got to believe that the homosexuals have this as part of their agenda. Get the kids to consider it as not bad, and then there's a it's it's easier to cross that threshold. Maybe try it. Yeah. You know, just you know, there used to be a huge taboo against such things. People didn't even think about it. No, back when you were in school, if someone had said anything like that, they would have been ridiculed off the playground yeah but now you're you're a bad person if you say homosexuality is wrong it's not wrong maybe i should try it you know that's the that's the reaction i think that that it's it's increasing the temptation level for young kids as senator campfield said who may be uncertain about themselves you know at at a very difficult time of life let us know your thoughts 877-381-4567 and in the chat room tonight as well dave in the chat room says he was on the school board 30 years ago and passed a rule that when the subject came up teachers were to tell the students that sex within marriage was approved and anything further was to be discussed with their parents and or clergymen dave i think that you would probably be taken before the supreme court if you were to pass a rule like that today he, but, he went on to say dave expands and he says the teachers union strongly objected 30 years ago uh, and threatened, and by threatening legal action, got the rule changed. Uh, Jack mentions the National Education Association charter has included the teaching of homosexuality. The NEA yields a significant amount of influence over teaching systems and our teachers, and I'm, I'm sure that's right. All right. Uh, from email, Jim in Kentucky says, Do I want school officials to be teaching my children about sexuality and related topics? No, because their concern is not with the truth 
but with what the federal government or teachers' unions want taught. Teachers today, unfortunately, are not concerned with truth as much as with political correctness in teaching. It seems they want to teach that which will cause the least amount of discomfort and the least amount of contention from other parents. Far too many parents have given up their right to be parents by neglecting to teach their children by word and example that which is found in God's Word. All right. Amen, Jim. Roger says, no, this is the responsibility of the parents. Parents should be guiding and influencing children. Schools should stick with math, English, and or other, and, and other related that, that, topics. That's what I want. I want the schools to teach reading, writing, and arithmetic. And they're really letting down on that. I mean, by all indication, the test scores indicate that they're doing a miserable job in teaching them essential basics. But we've got we to gotta spend all our time worrying about social issues like homosexuality. It's crazy. All right. Uh, Jeff, you said... Uh, that school uh, school officials should not be teaching that Proverbs twenty two six bringing up uh, you know uh, that parents should bring up their children uh, and that when they old they will not depart from it. We remember Proverbs twenty two six that you remember. Uh, as an individual who has been educated by the public schools, it has become more and more corrupt. Although I was blessed in the fact that I had many teachers that did not teach these subjects and left it up to the parents. Now that I've entered college, I have now realized just how bad it has become. And when discussing these issues in, a co- in college, I found myself often in the minority. In a recent debate, I heard it quoted that 69% of students leave a four-year college having lost their faith. If anyone believes this is not a big problem, it's time to wake up. I agree with you, Jeff. Jeff, and I, you're, you're, you're taking a stand. And I, I remember, Jeff, um, a couple of years ago, you were, you were taking heat even from a professor because of your, your stand. That's correct. Uh... It was a whole week of lectures about this subject, and it's be. And of course, psychology is what it's fallen under now, because they believe you're born that way. And uh, it it was very, very, very awakening for me to realize that it was really out there, because I was sort of shell shocked. Because, like I said, I was blessed with teachers who didn't teach that earlier in my school career, and then as I got older, I found it was reality. All right. Uh, from our anonymous responder, he says, when I was a member of a county board of education, one of my first responsibilities was to serve on a committee that was to write the sex ed curriculum. I am in favor of children being taught in appropriate classes concerning human sexuality. There's nothing wrong or horrible about doing such. It's part of biology and human relationships. I do prefer an abstinence curriculum, but I have no objection to conversation taking place regarding protection against sexually transmitted diseases. I would much prefer professional teaching children, uh, teaching students in regards to human sexuality than for, them, than for them to receive that information on the street, which they do, and for it to be in error. Well, i got to stop right there to say the, the, the problem is the parental neglect. And so what, what, what we've done, we just abdicated the role to the school. I don't want to deal with it. Let the school teach. I don't even know who's teaching this at school. I don't know whether this person who's teaching this sex edge sex ed curriculum. I don't know whether they're a moral person of any kind, and yet I'm willing to yield over to that. And not even really even follow up with what they're teaching. And I don't even know. I don't know what they taught. I never talked to my kids about it. I mean, that's why we're in the predicament that we're in. Uh, he goes on to say, parents should be reinforcing and teaching moral lessons to their children at home. I would not be supportive of schools handing out condoms or teaching students that it's okay to have sex with abandon. In regard to the topic of homosexuality, we have some realities that have to be taken into consideration. First of all, teachers already have to be very careful because they are not allowed already to be openly gay and be a teacher. I don't know about that. Uh, That is a violation of state law. I don't agree with it, but that is the law. So he's saying teachers should be allowed to be openly gay, I guess. So most teachers who are homosexuals are already walking a fine line. Teachers that are Christians are prevented by state law from using the Bible as a basis for teaching anything regarding morality. Well, then that's a good reason for them not to be dealing with such subjects at all, I would say. He goes on, this new bill would fly in the face of that and would be stricken down by the courts as unconstitutional. So the teacher who asks a student about their parents and asks for a meeting with parents is not allowed with this new bill about asking about the father, mother, and the family. So what if the eight-year-old student says, I have two mothers? Which one do you want a signature from? This is the reality of our time. By telling teachers they cannot mention in grades K through 8 the subject of homosexuality, you are, one, taking away their First Amendment rights of freedom of speech. Do you really want to go down that street? 
Number two, putting them in a position of not being able to even answer a student's innocent question regarding something they may have heard that they want to have explained. Is the teacher just supposed to say, I can't answer that question because I'm forbidden by law to do so? You will have to ask your parents. That's junk. This is America. If we start regulating freedom of speech, it won't be long before none of us have any. i got to just tell you, I completely disagree with that. Uh, uh, I, I read it. But I disagree. I'm sorry. I disagree with those conclusions completely. All right. Uh, and Bill in Texas says sexual education should be done at home by the parents, preferably by the fathers for the sons and mothers for the daughters. Can a state-sponsored entity or school system do this in the right way to instill the right value of sex with the emphasis uh, placed on the meaning? That is, sex is beautiful, natural, and lovable atmosphere or setting that God gave a man and a woman, that is, sexual relations in a loving marriage between a husband and wife as a natural as is as is as natural as a sunrise. God intended for a man and wife to remain in a lifelong commitment to each other and the that sex outside of marriage is detestable to him. He hates adultery. Adultery destroys one's soul. Proverbs six verse thirty two. Your time is coming to experience one of the most enjoyable pleasures of this life. It is not a ru- uh, subject to rush or make them conscious of what they are not already. School systems passing out condoms, God forbid. All right. All right. Uh I, I got to tell you, in, in, in regards to the person who thinks that this is the right thing for schools to be doing, I just wonder how the human race survived for s- several thousands of years without right. the public school system teaching on sexuality. Right? Uh, how in the world did we make it? Right. You know, uh, I, I, uh, apparently we're just we're just so inept we can't teach our own children these basic facts of life, and we're going to have to turn it over to strangers. And allow them to do it for us. Were they teaching about homosexuality when you were in school? Well, yeah. I mean, they were teaching they, reproductive science. Oh, but were they teaching about homosexual homosexuality? No. You're telling me, okay. No. Did uh, did uh, did any, were any students that you were in school with? Did they come out just totally unable to cope? Uh, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, Dan Daniel comments. I think he's in Vermont. He says concerning school officials teaching children about sexuality, he says no, because their minds are growing and eager to learn. If we show them gay is the way to be when they are having a bad day, then they'll wind up walking that path when confused about life in general. Remember how crazy the teenage years are. It should really be up to the parents, he says. All right. Uh, a lot of talk in the chat room. Let's go to break and we'll digest it some during the break. Okay. And, but then, but we need more chatter in the chat room because this was not on your published list of questions. How do we uh, protect our family in this society that is becoming more and more like Sodom and Gomorrah every day? In fact, it may not be that far from it. How do we protect our families? Today? All right. All right. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Send those comments in the chat room or better yet, give us a call and let us know your thoughts. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? We're trying to be like a church you read about in the Bible, and we're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return for the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Among those born between 1980 and 1991 and who identified themselves as Christian, 67% indicated that they do not attend worship services on a weekly basis. More than half, 56%, said they rarely or never read the Bible, and 38% rarely or never pray by themselves. Only 44% agreed strongly that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only a quarter agreed strongly that the Bible is the written word of God and is totally accurate in all that it teaches. And only 30% strongly believed Jesus Christ was sinless. All of those statistics are via the Christian Post. The word of God says in Matthew 15 verse 8, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight, and we're going to discuss how do we protect our family in the wicked world that we live in, especially with regard to the fact that this uh, senator who has proposed this good bill that we believe uh, on uh, limiting homosexual uh, education in our school systems up to a grade 8 
the backlash that he's received even by our governor saying that this is not a good idea, that we should be teaching homosexuality to our five-year-old uh, kindergartners. Uh, we're asking you, how do we protect our children in this time? Jack makes an interesting comment. I'm going to uh, comment on it. Our society's thoughts about homosexuality have unfortunately changed, and as such, we as Christians are dealing with these new beliefs, and it saddens us. So we must stand up and show those around us we are opposed. That is true. But I want to propose to you that uh, our society's view of homosexuality has changed, and it has changed our view of homosexuality as well. Fifteen, twenty years ago, if the television had uh, portrayed homosexuality in prime time as it does today, Dad, back when I was a kid, you would have picked up a rock and thrown it through the screen. You wouldn't have allowed it. And Christians are sitting there, and, well, maybe we don't like it, but we leave it on. Yeah. And it's influencing it Christians. Is cha- it's, changing our, it's changing our level of, of outrage against sin. And, and it's it, not so uh, it's offensive not, it's anymore. Not it's just normal. It's not healthy. As our commenter said, it's, it's, it's just normal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lots of good comments in the chat room. We're just going to run out of time real fast. Uh, um, guest 82, or guess, see, guest 218, guest 218 says, I do not want the schools to teach my children about homosexuality any more than I want them to teach my child what to do to be saved or how to worship God acceptably. That's my responsibility as a parent. Okay. Uh, guest 82 says, ignorant people are teaching these things at school. Dave says, usually what's taught in school is error, scripturally, regarding sexuality, that is. Uh, Dave says, some teachers, uh, some think teachers should have the freedom to say anything they want to our children. After all, they are the experts and know what is best for your child. There's a Greek word for that idea, baloney. <laughs> I agree. Good point, Dave. Uh, anyway, uh, Jack mentions and agrees that we've become desensitized. Right. Uh, uh, real quickly, what do we expect? Uh, we said, what what do you see coming down the pike? Uh, Jim in Kentucky says the 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 world is against God, the Bible. Thus, it is against Christians, just as Jesus said it would be in Acts or excuse me in John fifteen verses nineteen and twenty. As Christians, we can expect persecution, whether it be physical, economic, or in the form of regulations with respect to what can be preached and what can be written about. The world will use any means at its disposal to bring burdens to bear against Christians to force them to be silent or consent. The bottom line is Christians stay the course, continue doing exactly what God says we should do in preaching and teaching against sin. Don't worry about the outcome. It may be that we are forced to choose between the laws of men and the laws of God. If so, we know which one we have to obey, Acts 5, 28, 29. Good points. Roger says Christians should expect criticism of the likes that Kirk Cameron received when he made a comment that homosexuality is unnatural, etc. Additionally, as supporters of homosexuality continue their speech on tolerance, they will become more intolerant of those who oppose their views. What will be the bottom line for Christians in dealing with such opposition? Regardless of how the world treats Christians, we must not back down or turn from God's word. We must be loving in our comments and have a Christ-like attitude when debating and discussing this topic. Thank you, Roger, for those comments. Jeff, in your comments, you said you think it's going to get worse because people become frightened and then and thus they've shut up and stopped. I think you're right. They're not speaking out against these things, trying well, to be and, politically correct. And they've correct. been taught over and over again by our school system as well that this is normal and that it is uh, that this, uh, if you oppose it, is the same as if you would oppose if someone of a different race. It's, it's it's on the same line of prejudice as being opposed to someone of a different race or nationality. That if you oppose someone who's uh, engaged in homosexuality, then you're just a bigot or you're being prejudiced. Yeah. And that's what our society and our school system is teaching our children. So, Jacob, to your question, what are we going to do? How are we going to? We we are effectively in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know that it's as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah by any stretch, but I mean, it's, it's, it's headed that it's way. It's headed that way. What are we going to do? You know, you mentioned Lot, and I think one of the things we've commented about with Lot in the story of Lot was that one of the big mistakes that he made was that when he moved his family to Sodom. It says when Abraham gave him the choice, uh, you know, that their herdsmen, there was. Genesis 13, verse 7, there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled within the land. And Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. And so he says, you know, uh, the whole land is before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou go to the right hand, I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Lot chose him the plain of Jordan, uh, and it says in verse 12 that Lot dwelt in the cities of plain, pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So things were already bad. He went there knowing they were bad. This this wasn't something that was unknown. It was a known deal. The men of Sodom were already wicked. But there was an economic consideration, a material consideration. That's the well-watered plain. That's going to be better for my herds and flocks. I'll get richer if I go there. And I, I think that we have to... We have to criticize Lot for making a bad choice that put himself and his family at high risk. So you're saying put spiritual things first. Yeah. And our, our society is leading us away from that. Exactly. Okay, so we got to do that. But we also have to remember that Lot... Yeah, and that might mean that maybe I have to decide to do something that won't be career beneficial in order to protect and promote the spiritual well-being of my family. Or somebody might look at you strange. Why wouldn't you go to that well-watered plane after all? What are you, some kind of weirdo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, but we do have to remember that Lot was uh, said by God in his commentary on Lot in Second Peter chapter two verse seven that at the time that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, Lot was just in verse seven of Second Peter two, and delivered just Lot. And here's why I think he was just. He was vexed with the filthy conversation of the world. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Does it bother us anymore? So so he did not become desensitized no. to the wickedness that was around there. And so we can't be either. Jack used in the chat room, Jack used the expression, we become desensitized. We can't allow that. Dave says all too often, instead of changing society, we're changed by society. Let it not be so among us. Uh, I'd have to agree with those comments for sure. Jack says things are getting worse. We ha- we have to see this and take action. When Christians sit and do not talk to their elected officials, they're condoning our state of affairs. Shame on them. The minority is outspoken and making their thoughts to be known. I think that's true. We didn't mention this today, but you know, all statistics indicate that homosexuals still represent just a tiny fraction of the total population, and yet they are so vocal in promoting their agenda. We have to be vocal in denouncing the sin and standing for what is right. And I think we'll probably get some of the same feedback that uh, Senator Campfield has gotten. And we'll be the outcast of the society in many cases, and that is something that uh, we're called to do as Christians. We, we need not to be ashamed or backed down from that. Exactly right. Uh, Daniel in Vermont says, what can the Christian expect? Well, I think the loss of free will in churches will start to shrink. The loss of free will. And Churchill, I'm not sure what I'm not sure he worded that right. Think about if we speak out about homosexual homosexuality, then we will be considered gay bashing. At some point, it won't be acceptable. We look down on society as a whole if it isn't already. The bottom line is hold fast, be strong, be of strong courage, uh, like mentioned in Joshua one. I think that's right. I, I I predict, although certainly I mean, we're just making predictions here, but I predict things will get worse. I think that it's it's only a matter of time before. The homosexuals will start targeting certain churches and and looking for opportunities to uh, bring charges of hate speech. You know, we, do you remember Jacob when we interviewed the preacher from uh, I believe it was Savannah, Georgia? Yes. Who yes. on their billboard marquee had had just quoted a Bible verse and the and the the, the local community was in an outrage. I remember at, that. I've forgotten uh, that. Uh, that they did so. I think we'll find more and more of that happening. All right. Uh, well, we're going to have to take a stand, and uh, there will be ramifications of that stand, but we've got to do it. If we fail to, we our souls are at jeopardy. The soul and uh, condition of our family is at jeopardy as well. We've got to take the stand. Jack mentions our elected officials will not stick their necks out unless they can look behind them and see us standing. He says only one out of 900 citizens speaks to their elected officials. That's unacceptable. I think that, that's probably right. And I, I mean, I, I speak to my own condemnation because I'm not active in that regard either. But I think it is a good way that Christians can let their light shine. And so I, I, I take that uh, admonition from Jack. Uh, it is right. All right. Uh, and Dave mentioned, hold fast, be of good courage. So, that, and that's what we got to do. I mean, it, it's. We're, we're living in times that are increasingly immoral, but we know what we have to do. We have to continue to take a stand for God's truth, uh, teach morality to our own family. we got to start at home and then try to be an influence in, in the community as well. But by all means, we got to protect our own families. Protect our children. 
Like they're children. coming after uh, our society is coming after our children. Yeah, it's I mean it's clear they're not denying it. They're and they coming want, after and our they children. want your kindergartner. They want to be able to tell you. They don't want you as a parent to be able to say, "I don't want that taught to my kindergartner," because they know better what they think. They know better what to teach your kindergartner than you do. By opposing this bill, they are admitting they're coming after your kindergartner, and that's we right. have to protect our children. I think that's right. All right. Thank you for your thoughts tonight. Dad. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for being behind the controls. A job well done. Appreciate you for being here. We appreciate you for being here as well. We hope that you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.